generations can get this urge Stay woke, youngin' and avenge these nerds uh. Tuesday, why do you keep on on the bottom? You know what, I'm gonna stay on the bottom I started on the bottom, now I'm here <laughs> It's a quick shift, like, there you go it's okay. good, Technic good. Technical issues <laughs> Oh good, man, we're here, we're here, we're live, we're here we're here. We're here to talk with some awesome creators. We're here to talk about what if, you know, it's regular Tuesday night with regular the nerds. Tuesday night with the guys. Um, with the I'm, I'm gonna apologize right now. I know you guys are gonna get on me because we we talked about it yesterday. How I'm just probably oh, leave your leave your hot take. Leave leave your nonsense until <laughs> until you know. Listen, you're about to have your own swole collector moment and <laughs> whatever, man. You can you can you can die in your hill. I've done it before. <laughs> let's let's get through the announcements that we got coming up and all that because we got some fun stuff to announce to you guys. So it's your boy Sebastian. It's your boy Law. And your boy Tone from across the hall. And it's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 o'clock somewhere. So that means you could go get a drink. Um, so we're excited to have you guys on and everything to who are tuning in. Thank you guys. So some of the announcements. So again, please, everyone, please follow us on YouTube. Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. If we're doing stupid stuff, follow us. I mean, on our don't, Instagram. Don't don't mind this man's Instagram posts. Please. <laughs> please. Listen, listen, listen. If you're not following the Instagram, so, you miss Malta Man. I, I was I was I was gonna see if Tom was gonna just let it happen and just let him speak his. No. Face. no. So he can spin it. He can add all the nonsense and how and defend him. No, no. Oh, come on. Just come keep on. going. Just keep going if with you, the announcements. I'm just saying, don't mind Sebastian's Instagram nonsense. That's all I got to say about the matter. It's I fun. Like, I feel like I want to do a thing where we all start posting and like let like let the audience figure out who's the one actually posting. Listen, I, my post gives me away. Have you not seen my personal accounts? Come on. I, I just shared Milk and Magnesium video on TikTok. So there we go. Um, next on the list. Don't forget, if you want to guys keep on seeing this chaos that's going around, make sure you're tuning into the Medusa's Cascade podcast. Every Saturday, new episodes drop. It is your D&D podcast for everything chaotic, everything murder. Comes yeah. up this Saturday. Oh, oh, we we listen. This has been going on since when February we started this, and we finally get to the big Feb boss fight. So we started playing February of last year. We released the podcast last September. Yeah. So, like, this is a full year that you guys got, uh, got us, uh, you know, going on this adventure, and now we're at the big boss fight. That big, is bad, big bad straw. If you guys can, if you guys know us and know us as chaotic as we are, that fight is just as chaotic as we are. It is the oh, like, culmination yeah. of us being chaotic. Oh, it's yeah. It, it, it has intrigue. It has betrayal. It has Kyver. So there we of, go. It's <laughs> a whole lot of drop marbles. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> next on the list, uh, we got a special for you guys next Wednesday, the 29th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're partnering up with MLA Entertainment. For you guys who don't know MLA Entertainment, they have a series called Project Infinity. Um, we're actually going to be doing a table read live on the show for one of their episodes. And the nerds... The, the, the nerds will get to also 
possibly play some of the characters in that table read. So we're kind of excited to do that with Keiko, the group of MLA Entertainment. Again, if you haven't seen Project Infinity, it's in the links below. But other than that, again, we want to thank you guys for coming on on Tuesday night because we have two guests that are coming on to talk about an awesome Kickstarter, which we want to congratulate them that just hit their goal. I mean, we yes. talk a lot of D&D stuff. This is a D&D inspired comic. It's also inspired by various different things in the comic book world, like Rob Leffield art, Jack Kirby art. I mean, it's just beautifully done. So we'll get to see some of the pages on their Kickstarter page. Um, and if you, after we're done speaking with them, the Kickstarter link is in the description. So please fund it. Fun, Dick. Get them the push goals. Get them the cushion goals. Get them all the goals. Give it to them all because we want them to give it to extra people, international people, and everything. We want to give it up for the one, the only Matt Sumo and Pete Collins. What's up, guys? Welcome. What's welcome up? To the show. Hey, How's it going, guys? guys? How's it going? So, guys, we want to welcome you to Nerds of the Round. Um, bringing you guys in. Um, just awesome to have you guys on. We we were stoked to to learn about the Kickstarter, the Bardic verses, um, and everything. But um, before we get into the Bardic verse, how did this tag team form together? How did the the tag team of my, Matt my and Pete come together? Is, who made the first move? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it was a joint. It was a joint move. It was a joint ooh, move. Ooh, yeah. It's very, we'll very know. romantic. Very romantic. Nice. I mean, you know, it happened at a Christmas party. Who brought a Who brought yep. a drink to who? Like, you know, you gotta tell the story. You know, <laughs> give us those details. Go ahead. So uh, we both have that. We both share the same uh, day job. Um, I started after Pete. Pete's been there kind of a while. Um, too wa- too and, long of a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's he's moved on. He works in a different building now. But he worked in the building that I started in, and I would see drawings around that building that he did, like a Batman here, Green Lantern there. Um, that he would just doodle and give give away to to our coworkers. And I like I saw that, and I was like, this guy like knows his stuff. He can actually draw comic book characters. I'm like, who is he? Where is he? Does he still work here? What's his story? Um, and then at the same time, like when I after I had started, Pete was hearing about me, like, oh, you you should like find this guy, Matt. He works at, at the other building. Um, you know, he writes comic books. You guys would probably hit it off. And then you mentioned the You're Christmas party, but like. Yeah, so at our Christmas That's where it went party, down. We, yeah, we, we met up and we were just talking. Um, I was working on an anthology at the time called Kayfabe, mm-hmm. um, a pro wrestling anthology. And I had asked Pete, I said, hey, man, do you have any interest in doing a pinup? Like, I'm sure they would love to have you. Uh, and he did. And the rest, as they say, is history. Like, we started, you know, plotting this book. We were working on another book and it's just been, been crazy. So... I'm I'm already looking at it. Me, me and Matt are gonna be friends too because the wrestling and me and Pete with the with the D and D. That's it. We got you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so with, the, with this like incept, like you guys have met now, you guys have done the exchange. The inception came from who for the idea for the for the book? So it kind of it kind of it, it kind of came up gradually, man. So like uh, it was around the time that The Witcher was out, and you okay. know Matt and I were watching that. You know we were chatting back and forth about it, and. You know, he's like, he's like, you know, the bard character is, 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 is interesting. And, you know, he's got like such a small part in it. And then I went on, you know, a role about how, you know, in Dungeons and Dragons, there are bards as a class and they're, they're totally underutilized. Nobody, 
back when I first started, I, I started on second edition, nobody wanted to play the bard, right? Like most people are gearing themselves up to be the fighter guy or the wizard or, or, or the kick-ass rogue. Nobody's, nobody's like, yes, bards for me, right? They're, they're not the exciting class typically. And um, so then we kind of got just this big mega conversation rolling. And it was like, we should do something with that. We should make a comic where the bard is the main focus. And I, I like so. that the bard's name is Martlene um, Swordhand, and it's telling his tale. But also, too, I mean, what was the decision of making him a member of a whole warrior family and having to deal with that? What was some of the relationships people can expect from him? <laughs> I, I mean, that was just the, like, again, like, to, to, to sort of show, like, how popular, like, barbarian classes and warrior classes are and how much like it's so bad for for martin that like people will see him and go hey like you're the you're the son of of seror is his father's name seror swordhand like and you're not you're not a warrior you're like you <laughs> you've never swung a sword before like who are you the black like, sheep yeah well yeah exactly it's a black sheep story and mm -hmm. again like you know we actually follow him uh the point of the book is like uh, we're following him on different adventures that he went on. So the framing device for the book is he's playing a set list in a tavern, like or you know he's mm -hmm. he's telling these stories, he's singing these songs about the adventures that he's gone on, and we're following him through these adventures where he again he's kind of like NPC, right? Like he doesn't do all the cool stuff. There he's with people that are doing all the cool stuff. They're punching people, you know, they're swinging yeah. swords, they're doing all the fun stuff, and he has to like creatively get himself out of these jams. Um, but each of the stories that he tells, um, I basically pictured it like if it was if he's playing music, he's gonna play different styles of music, right? So, um, how do we show that in in illustration? Um, we show that by using different uh, art styles. So that's where we get the tributes to, to Jack Kirby, to Rob Liefeld, etc. And we find out that these are separate adventures and can be read separately, but they all kind of connect. So like we're finding out that um, there's a reason why he's in that bar. There's a reason why he's, he's playing there. And at the end of the story, when we, we've gone through all of his adventures, we find out that um, he's there for a reason and what that reason is and how we wrap up the book um, takes place after that. Yep. So so I love like with the Bardic verse again. I want to bring up the page and all that, and then I love with the um, your website what you guys did with the character. But um, I want to show the page, the Kickstarter page, where people can see what's inside this book. And uh, Pete, you are one of the artists on the book, right? Oh, I, I'm I'm the artist. On there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, gotta... I, I I did all of it, uh, every style. That's me, bro. How was it working with those different styles? Uh, complex at times, for sure. You know, uh, you know, uh, I didn't approach it the right way. I think where originally I was bouncing back and forth between my style and, you know, um, trying to pay homage to different other artists, uh, mm. that got very complicated so much so that actually those pages right there in the, in the preview, those, those were entirely redone from what they originally were. So, Ooh, wow. um, yeah, we got about, you know, uh, two thirds of the way through the book. And I said, I got to go back because my style changed, you know? Um, but yeah, there's the glamor shot. There's a little collage. Uh, we've got some, some Kirby, some Disney, some Oatly, some Bill Watterson even in there. 
um, it's it's been a blast. Yeah, no, you definitely see like the the, the effort and the love of all the influences through through mm -hmm. throughout you know it's really just yeah. a testament to, to you we're just we're we're just so you see anthologies like you know it's it's different artists but it's really just one person yeah. and just focusing their their work through a specific lens to just kind of tell the story so you know kudos yeah. hats off to, to to you and your team man that's awesome and Thanks. i know that that wasn't easy for you to do that because again like you said you were the one artist i um, I, I met someone who was working on an anthology and they had a bunch of different artists, like looking at it, you wouldn't expect that you were the only artist doing this. And it's like, again, you said you got a little bit of Disney in there. You got a little bit of Kirby in there. It's just the pages are guys, if you're not, uh, pretty much funding this Kickstarter now just by the pages alone and by the story of the fact of a bard, <laughs> then you're dead at the, the, the waist right now. Come on. You guys got to fund this. <laughs> So, so how fun was it to put this guy through the adventures? What were some of the things and are there um, parts of the story that you guys had to cut, put on the chopping block floor that you couldn't have in the book or saving for later? Um, how, so let me, let me start at the beginning. How fun was it? It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, as you saw, the, the, the book opens with the bard getting punched in the face um seems appropriate which yeah, yeah which, <laughs> was, number one it's hilarious two it's super appropriate um three it's kind of a it's a throwback to like those old 90s comics that would always start with like a big fat splash page um so i thought it was really cool to do that let it's me tell fun. you how i got here yeah exactly like <laughs> yeah. this is yeah. my life my life is i'm getting punched in yeah. the face wherever i go um and as far as things that we cut I, I want to say we used most of the ideas that we had. Um, I think we, again, we wanted to keep the book like at a reasonable length for, you know, cost purposes. But I will say yeah. that uh, we, we have been plotting for a volume two. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely some ideas uh, happening uh, for that. You know, obviously we'll see how the rest of the campaign goes. As you guys said, like we are funded, which is very cool um but you know we want to ensure funding nice. by thank you um we want to ensure funding by we're talking about right now we're actually having ongoing conversations about what stretch goals would look like um and we're thinking this is kind of i think the first time we're saying this publicly uh we're thinking that the, the stretch goal that we're going to do is going to be upgrading it to a hardcover because um, again, nice. it's all nice. it's, it's all about the book like this whole thing is about the book pete yeah. and i are not taking a page rate uh, for this, uh, all of the money is going towards lettering and just printing of the book. So I wanted that book to look as good as possible. And I think um, hardcover, like a stretch goal from uh, softcover to hardcover is pretty reasonable. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. We're still kind of uh, doing the math on that, but fingers crossed Lo if everything goes well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, about if you if you guys decide to do a volume two, would it be also sort of an anthology style, or now it would kind of go down the route of continuing the story of how the first volume ends? Um, so yeah, I think it. So it'll be both. It's going to be okay. the same kind of framing where where he's telling the stories because I think that works really well. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that it's gonna uh, it's gonna stick. If I could tip my hand a little bit, uh, it's gonna stick to one genre. Okay. And it's going to be, uh, it'll probably be like tribute, more tributes to horror books. So like mm -hmm. Junji Ito, maybe a little Walking Dead. Oh, okay. um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll, it'll make sense when you read the book. But yes, I think that's kind of what we're going to go for for volume two. 
Nice. I love those. So I'm just going to showcase some of the rewards people can get here expecting to get with the Kickstarter. So you got your $20 right here. It's also coins to your bard. I love it. Yep. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yes. That that earworm was took took the world by storm. Did it ever? Oh, I still every now and then I still sing it to myself. Yeah, I am. Me too. Me too. So um, I I like on your site too. It was played around on your site. Um, so Pete, you are a bardic fighter, Goliath, and. <laughs> Matt, you are a Gerardic Bard Furblog, which is the classes that were chosen for you guys. Again, how did you guys get chosen for your classes? Please, we have to know this story. So we actually we have a contributor named Nick who uh, who's actually going to be doing a pinup in in the book with us as well. Um, Nick's uh, you know been part of like our our chats at times, and uh, he's helped us with the website. He's he's got a great mind for like marketing stuff. Um, and he wanted to do a, do, do that. And, um, Joe, we let, we gave him full reign of the website and like, we, he's like, Hey, I'm done. We, we looked at it and there's like all these different like stats, like our classes and everything. Um, he just kind of assigned it to us, honestly. Um, but I love that hilarious. you're all at an adventure party. You're all level 10. No one's like yeah. a crazy it's level 20. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah. yeah. No, but it, it, it's uh, a sweet spot. It, but it works too. Like, I mean, the, the, uh, barbarian fighter bard, it just kind of reminds me like, you know, you think of, uh, you think of Goliath's like not having a singer. So it makes sense. Like your main character is coming from such a, a warrior family. And one of your, yeah. one of your PCs that represent your, your team is a Goliath, uh, bard, which I think is, is, is pretty fun. We're, we're, yeah. we're going to end up putting that game together for you guys. You guys are going to play your characters. We're going to create an all-bard campaign just for you guys. Nice. Let's play your characters. Nice yeah. little well, one Infamous oops all bards. Well, so, so, so our, so our book, our book is, our book is 60, 66 pages of sequential yeah. art. And then we've got, we've got a, a good number of pages of back matter. And some of the stuff that's actually going to be included in there is we're making, we're having character sheets made out for, some of the main characters oh, nice. throughout the story. Oh, so, so very cool. So if anybody wants to introduce uh, an NPC, you can use the stats. If somebody's jumping in for a night, hand them the character sheets play. That's beautiful. That is, that's cool. Dope. Yeah. Now, um, you guys also work with Matt Kreutzer on this. He is actually the letterer for that. So what was that relationship with Matt? How was that, you know, working? Because Matt has some credits with Image, Dark Horse. So you got a great guy who's actually helping with letters because um, I remember... It was like Buddy Scalera. Buddy Scalera is one of the people that said like a great letterer can make bad art look good. A bad letterer can make great art look bad. So how was that relationship? How who approached who? Um, you know, with building that with Matt. Yes. Yeah, so um, number one, that's a hundred and ten percent correct about lettering. Like bad lettering will kill a book, no matter how good it is. Um, yeah. I've worked with Matt in the past on a couple of different things. Um, again, that that. Uh, anthology kayfabe that I mentioned. We've I worked on two volumes with, of that with Matt. Um, we did another anthology called Dead Beats um, that was nominated for a Ringo uh, last year. He was my letterer there, so I just worked with Matt um, over the years, and I, I thought he was the best um, person to bring onto the project uh, because he, you know, he puts a lot of thought into the lettering that he does, and you'll see that in the book. Um, we we kind of play with letter like he gets to kind of do what pete does his lettering has to match the the art style so like in um one of the first stories one of the first mm -hmm. stories is called made into smite for which is kind of a riff on a danger kill for a sin city story right um so he gets to kind of play with that 
uh, he does a very like Frank Miller lettering style in, in that. And we continue that through the book. So again, he was just a, the perfect choice to, to bring onto the book because he adds his own character to the lettering. I like that. Again, this is, again, everybody who is listening to this episode on demand live again, or on the podcast with the audio, please go to the description, add more to these guys, Kickstarter, get it fully funded. So that this way, um, yeah, they're already passed. they're already past that. We right. want to we got stretch we goals. We got to get them double funded to stretch goals Damn. and all that. Cool. Come on, we need oh, yeah. that. Uh, we need more. We mean more books on bards. More more books on bards because you know, I mean, I'm I know Pete. You already know the bad names bards sometimes get in some oh, of the yeah. campaigns. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> for sure. Tell so many stories right now. He, he, he's like, yep, yep, yep. 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 <laughs> I've seen some stuff, guys. I've seen some stuff. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. So give us the pitch now. Give everyone the pitch, your pitch on the book and everything, because we want to get people now to jump over to the Kickstarter. So come on, give us the pitch on the Bardic first. Let's go. Yep. So uh, the Bardic versus again, it's about Martin Swordhand, who is the, the son of a famous warrior, a long line of famous warriors. And he's trying to outrun that sort of shadow of family legacy. Uh, by, you know, he picked up a, a loot instead of a sword and we get to see his adventures. We get to watch him grow as a person um, and deal with situations that, you know, bards wouldn't normally thrive in, but we get to see him kind of make choices and, and do things and, and encounter um, certain situations that uh, sort of change him as a person. Uh, and then we kind of, we kind of end off, we end him in, in a, a way different place than where he started. Um, and again, uh, different art styles representing the different types of music. Pete really crushes it there. Um, but it's just fun. I, I, to be honest, like I, this feels cliche to say, but there's nothing like, there's nothing like this book out there right now. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Again, it's for people that are fans of comics, um, people that, that are fans of D and D and, and fantasy sword, sword sorcery books. Um, but yeah, just for, and, and I would say like, it's kind of all ages. There's like one curse word in there um, and it's shit. I don't know if we can curse. I just curse. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, we we, we <laughs> tell people we give a month, but go ahead. We, we the kids right. are in bed. You know, if the kids are watching this, um, shame on the parents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so spoiler, the one curse in the book is shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just fun. Like we had a lot of fun making it. I really hope that that translated to the pages. I think it did. Um, and it's just, again, there's nothing like, there's nothing like it out there for sure. Yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on this. And also what up, George from catch the craze. Hey, goes, knows us, hey, hey, the book. Love that dude. <laughs> George is awesome. We all love George. George gets a big heart, smiley face. Love him. Good dude. Again, Good if dude. you guys are not Came checking out the right time too. Oh yeah. Because now we're jumping Boys. in soon. Always. He always comes to the right time. <laughs> this is George's <laughs> favorite segment. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm here. Right here. That's why he's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boom. So we are talking episode one, season one, episode six of What If Killmonger Rescue Tony Stark. You know, I, I did not expect to say that Tony Stark has died legit three times <laughs> in an actual continuity. I really did it. Like, I know it's a gag that we do, but Tony Stark has died multiple times in What If. Also, Questionably, my man died by getting sh getting shanked in the shoulder. Me and my son were like, "This doesn't make any sense." Really? Anyway, 
Anyway, <laughs> we're here. Kill Killmonger made his plan 10 years earlier, which means it effectively worked. So let's get to it. I love this episode. Law loved this episode. Seabass hated this episode. Boo this I man. Boo this man. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I I all right. So, Pete, Matt, welcome to the madhouse right now with this. So, uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the episode? Please give us your feedback. Who who wants to go first? Who wants to? I'm gonna actually. You know what? We'll toss a coin to Pete. Pete goes first. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever have ever seen. There's an episode of The Big Bang Theory where they're arguing um, how Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark does not move the story. Because ultimately, the Nazis still get the Ark, the Nazis still open the Ark, and it melts their faces off. So Indiana Jones actually does not have any bearing on the story in the movie at all, right? Yeah. And I kind of felt that this entire episode of What If was similar. Because Killmonger, Killmonger had a plan, right? Like, he had a plan. His plan really didn't deviate from what went down in the Marvel Universe, except that he was successful and there was, you know, Tony Stark was, was there. Like, it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't do it for me. It, it, it just didn't. Like, I, I felt that, I felt that for all the other characters that were there, it, it just, it, it didn't matter. And I'm, I, I I'm sorry that episode ended in the worst possible way ever. It's you've got, you've got uh, Shuri and Pepper. And they meet up and they're like, hey, we've got some stuff. And then credits. Like, what? Like, I, I honestly <laughs> thought I had another 15 minutes of that episode. And I think, yeah. I think, I think what it. if has been the endings of what if have not been my favorite because they've been really no. like, I crave more. Like, I yeah. love the show. And yeah. I think the endings, like, I think the Doctor Strange one ended was the best ending because it ended but so bleakly. And I think the zombies one ended like, oh, crap, here comes zombie Thanos. But a lot of them just end. And you're like, how are we getting cameos of characters at the last minute? And then we. Yeah. What I, what, I, what, I, what I feel is I feel that this was that the whole series would benefit if it went <laughs> um, if it went the route that the Invincible show did. Give them a full hour, you know, just a full hour to just get get a whole story out there. The zombies one, I liked it, except it was rushed like it. it there was mm-hmm. there wasn't enough time to emotionally care about the things that happened in it. You know, when you see uh, when you see Hope as a giant fall down, like they built up to you caring that she just sacrificed herself, but there wasn't enough time to mourn. And similarly in this, it's like <laughs> Killmonger saves Tony, and there's like instant, you know, instant friendship, instant brotherhood between the two. And it kind of fast forwards like throughout that, like it doesn't focus on it. So it's like how I, I didn't have a, I didn't have an easy time, particularly, you know, enjoying that. Like, it, like I, I wanted to see like that relationship, like, okay, it's interesting. Killmonger saved Tony, that whole thing with him, you know, building an arc reactor in a cave never really happened. What's that friendship like? Where's where's what's their camaraderie? And you and it kind of fast forwards through it, and it's that that's kind of a letdown. I think it's a disservice to the show as a whole to to keep it at that thirty ish minute mark and just not extend it. You know what? You 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 hit it on the nose for me because I think that's why I don't like the episode that much because I go, it's not a bad episode, but it's not great. And I feel like, yeah, it was the page because I keep telling telling them all like for me, I felt like it was the placement, but I think it was more of that because I wanted to see 
more of that relationship between him and Tony. I understand it's Killmonger's story, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah. And like, and I like the Raiders of the Lost Ark analogy because that's again that hit it. It was like, yeah, it's not a bad episode, but it's not great. It just leaves you wanting. And if they were able to do it. They probably yeah. could have gave us more of those nuggets, but um, Matt, we're now going to tag you in. It is now the hot tag, you know, when they come in, ready to knock <laughs> we got, everyone we got out. A spicy meatball boiling yeah, right now, no, man. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no pressure. Um, I so, <laughs> Way to go, Pete. I got That's what I do. That's what I do. I, I feel the same way. Like, I think this. Like it's very cool. I think Killmonger's a great character. Like he's probably the mm -hmm. most interesting villain. I think I would say out of all yeah, of them. Um, I think it's it's good. Like these, these. Here's my problem with it. These episodes are fine, and that's not what I. That's not what I come to expect from Marvel. Like I come to expect like like I need to see this multiple times. I've never rewatched an episode of What If yet. Like I I end like the end. I'm just like okay. Like, where's the next one? Like, and it's yeah. because of that reason. There's no, like, it's so rushed. They don't give you chances to, to really absorb. Like, that Doctor Strange episode is the perfect um, example. Like, I felt nothing. Like, I watched that whole episode. I was like, yeah, that's fun. Like, that's cool. Like, it's cool that he was a villain. But, like, it, I felt like I, sh I should be affected more by, like, what was going on. Like, him having to watch Christine die, like, over and over and over again. Like, I felt nothing. I was just like, yeah. Like, it feels like they're definitely obviously setting up something bigger with some of these characters. Um, but it just like, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, it's exactly like, it's too short. It's not giving that those stories a chance to breathe, which means like, it, it just kind of feels hollow to me. Like it's like cool to watch and it's fun to see those characters and hear their voices and stuff. But um, I don't know. It's, it's just missing. It's missing that like, punch like it's just missing something that like it, it's not like I, I i'll still i wake up like super early on wednesdays just to watch it but it's like i i don't know again like i don't want to rewatch it i watch it once and i'm just like okay like it needs something like they, they definitely need to let it breathe a little bit to to give it that uh uh emotional depth i guess yeah i i, I need more buddy danos that's what i need <laughs> Buddy Thanos. That's we're gonna make that a thing. That's it. It's gonna be a shirt. It's gonna be a character. Buddy Thanos is gonna be a thing. Tonla, I know you guys love the episode. Um, please give us the hot takes on that episode too. We're tagging you in. This is this is the 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 Hardy Boys versus the Brood. Let's go. All right. That's all, that's all good. So so like real talk. I do agree that the show does suffer from the length time. I think that the MCU shows or any of really the the Disney Plus shows work with their short length as much as it annoys me because they have a continuous story so they can just kind of build up on another on each other pete like you said the invincible method of just kind of doing the straight 45 to an hour would definitely make these shows breathe um so like to i definitely am with you and i hope maybe season two they kind of see that because we're not getting any sort of continuity but for the episode itself i definitely i thoroughly enjoyed it because we got to see how strategically minded Killmonger is, and it played out in a more successful way because he did his plan, I would say, give or take ten, eight to ten years earlier, and played Tony like a fucking fiddle. Because Tony at that point wasn't the broken person that he was in the cave. He was still billionaire playboy philanthropist. Like, so mm -hmm. he, he was able to, like, they did the point to get him to trust him. He saved his life. 
cool, you now owe me one. Let me get you in security. Then he shows up in the fact that his CEO was trying to kill him and just builds trust. Then it's like, oh, you're building a, a robot. So like he knew what points to hit to get Tony to give him the keys to the castle. And I think we were able to, and we showcase that because we don't really get much of that. We don't get much of the vices of Tony Stark after, after I would say Iron Man 2. We don't really get them and see them played. He grows as a human being throughout the entire MCU. So we get to see that portion of him and what the negative impact of what it is plays out and how eventually in 10 years, it doesn't really matter what Killmonger does. Thanos is going to come. He's going to wipe out half of the universe. doesn't matter because <laughs> right, he's not right. there to stop it. Um, and then I liked that we saw a different take of what Killmonger did to get Wakanda on his side because you have, uh, he kills Black Panther T'Chaka is there, which I think is a huge part because T'Chaka was able to get, he got the trust from T'Chaka, which let him do what he did uh, versus in the, in, in the Black Panther movie, T'Chaka's not there and it's T'Challa and T'Challa's kind of coming into himself as a king and as a warrior yeah. and just kind of having the society behind him where T'Chaka was like, my, it's my law. Like you can come in, your blood, your family. I see my brother's eyes in you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the keys. And so that, that's what made me really enjoy the episode. We saw the plan play out perfectly. It made sense how his plan worked and why it worked. And we got to see a side of Tony that we just don't see because we don't really mess around with that time before uh, Afghanistan. So You know, I, I, I agree. I agree with all of the points that you made. I do think, I do think that, you know, it was awesome to see his strategic mindedness, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like they show that in the movie but to see it at a more complex level here was great um i i did like that um the dialogue between him and t'chaka like i thought that was fantastic right and, and to see how that played out differently um versus how it did with t'challa there like i thought i thought yeah. that was fantastic uh the one but i i think i think there was a couple of things though like throughout because they were trying to speed things along like you know when he sees that tony's building a robot he's like he's like oh yeah i got this plan from when i was in mit and it's like i killmonger can make ro <laughs> can design robots now like i i, I think that, that was more for the love of michael b jordan's love for anime <laughs> and, and, yeah and, and that i think that, that was that always implied me. in his backstory though was it? Because I don't recall that yeah. being anything um, before this. If and not that... in Black Panther, they said somebody... Like the, he went to MIT. The MIT yes. thing, the Annapolis oh, yeah. and the MIT thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if they talk... Yeah. And I know... Yeah, I don't remember I don't if they talk about his like dissertation. Robotics. Right. I don't think it was, I, I, it was necessarily robotics. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him to have at least a little bit of knowledge of everything. Yeah. Sure, sure. It, it, just, it just struck me as weird, though, because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, from what, from what we have seen about him, like, Yes, he's strategic. Yes, he's you know he's he's a brutal uh, combatant. Hand but then to you're hand, also seeing like all the long part. game in this too, because if he's yeah. planning this far ahead, I feel like he's got that like fortitude and like just that that stubbornness to be like, I'm gonna get a doctorate in robotics just to impress Tony Stark. Like literally, it has nothing yeah. to do with anything else but like I'm doing this as a means to an end. Maybe that's he what they can, applied. He can care because... less. Two shits about having a doctor's in robotics. But if it gets him close to Tony Stark, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like if that's if that's if that's the route that they were that they were were trying to push, 
again, a little more time and just a hair more focus on that to Absolutely. to really I'm, to I'm land you, that. You, you, what you, what you guys I think it, I think they I think what they would have helped with that is probably if they added a montage to show how he went through his planning phase. Like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna learn this to get into Tony Stark's good graces. I'm gonna learn about his enemies. I'm gonna learn about that. Like, yeah. if you probably had yeah. this montage, maybe that would have helped the episode a little more of explaining yeah, or just, that or just phase. Seeing, or just seeing him yeah. like watch Tony Stark and like that's the reason and why he picked MIT. Hashtag like, Tony Stark stalker. You know, like that's <laughs> it. Like MIT is the way you go to get the Tony Stark because he does all that stuff because he, you know, has to as a rich alumni. And like, right, you know, right. if I, you know, and he graduated and he's got the, he, he does the war stuff. And so he's got that connection to Rhodey and all the other, um, Oh yeah, let the watcher t- tell us. I mean, that's yeah. what he's there for. He's doing nothing but watching. He's he's like the <laughs> ultimate true. peeping Tom. <laughs> he's the lurker, man. He's the ultimate lurker. He's yeah, just there. Yeah. I want to ask you guys though, because we had something cool that was in this episode too. Was the um, we didn't get to see it in the Black Panther movie, but we got to see it in this episode where uh, Chikala's uh, mother, the Black Panther's mother, was actually fighting on the battlefield. How did it feel to see that? The general, that's what the Haraz McCollum, my general, is out there. How did it feel to see that we actually got to see the mother actually fight on the battlefield? Um, Matt, we will tag you in with this one. Yeah, man, all that stuff was cool. I I welcome any uh, chance to, like, revisit Wakanda. Uh, I think, again, like, it's super interesting. Um, That whole dynamic is cool. It was awesome to see... um, the mother on the battlefield. I want more of that. Like I, I'm actually like really looking forward to uh, Black Panther two. Uh, I've been hearing some stuff that they're talking about for that. That's going to be really super interesting if it if it's legit. Um, but yeah, all, they're really good at, at at that stuff, right? Like showing you things you didn't think you wanted to see. But again, like to to everyone's point before, like you know, yeah, they should have shown us, um, you know him planning more or things like that that just all goes down to like they need to blow these episodes out like they need mm-hmm. to like give them more time to, to tell these stories because it just feels like you know they're rushing through which I, I get it like 30 minutes is not a lot of time but it's not um they need more that's that's the only thing i'll say and I, I mean i think everyone would agree because um marvel like please like keep giving us more like no one's gonna say no like I'm sure Disney's not going to tell you no. You can't make these uh, episodes an hour long. Like, just do it. Like, it, it just benefits the story so much more. Cheyenne says she fangirl with Mama Panther got into battle. What's up, Cheyenne? What's Lots up, of love to you, Cheyenne, and everything. Pete, we're tagging you in now. How did it feel to see Chicago's Mama Panther get in there? We're gonna call her Mama Panther now. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I felt a little disconnected uh, from like the story itself because I kind of imagined like. Angela Bassett did the voice of did the voice of her character in this, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like paused myself and wondered, like, did she record that before or after? You know, Chadwick mm-hmm. passed oh, away. Yeah. The, yeah. the fourth T'Challa, uh, yeah. It before it goes before. This was all right? before. Yeah, and it's like because because it's such an emotional moment, and you have yeah. to stop. And it's like it's almost therapeutic to watch, right? Like there's a mother that's mourning the death of her son yeah. in this show. And I'm sure to some level, you know, that she, you know, had to go through some similar aspect of mourning a young coworker that, mm. you know, probably shared some level of admiration with. So that I thought um, was very fitting. I, I, I like that scene. I did. That plus, was... it was just, plus it was just badass. 
right? Yeah. Like, I mean, from, 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 from purely from the fan point and removing the emotional spectrum, it was, it was badass. That, that whole mm-hmm. scene was awesome. Yeah, really, really getting to see the the Dora Milaje just just kicking robot ass, you know, just yeah. not really worrying about if you're disfiguring things. It's just kind of them going <laughs> them going all out. And uh, what could have been if we did a Black Panther earlier, just having Angela Bassett just kick ass. Yeah, Yo, I, I would have loved it. Pre- but I'm sure I agree too that the episodes they're feeling a little rushed. Um, and I mean, I agree that this this is the episode I think that showcased that yeah there is a little bit of a rush feeling for these episodes um and they should have um really pushed these episodes to an hour because it it is tough to pack years of what the mcu did into 30 minutes for a character arc um i know that at the end they're they're probably going to have them all get together for a big bad and everything and here he goes i think that's been the positive side of what is uh see his chat was takala getting more love yeah I think that's the deposit too, because there's been that emotional connection because these are really Chadwick Boseman's last moments that we're actually getting to hear um, his last piece of work, Um, which again, again, thanks for bringing that up, Pete. Um, Tony, go ahead, Pete. I'm happy it's as heavy, it's as heavily involved, you know, with him as, as it is, you know, I think when they first, uh, when they first like, you know, kind of released information about the show before it came out, it was, I, I personally was just under the impression that he was going to be playing like the Star Lord version of T'Challa, mm. and that would be like an episode. And since we've seen him in a few episodes, he was in the zombie. Yeah. One. he was in the yeah. he was in this one. You know, it's mm. so so it's it's it, that has been a very nice surprise with the show. Yep. And we and we should be getting him again because they should be doing the Star Lord uh, T'Challa team up with Captain Carter that they you know with the Avengers circle shot that we've seen in the in the trailer. Yeah. So we'll see right. how that goes. That's- that's what I'm waiting for. Is that circle shot? That's, that's totally gonna be the. That's gonna be the finale. I would have to. Yeah. Like, yeah, because we we still haven't seen Gamora uh, with the helicopter sword and Thanos' armor, which I'm really excited for. Yeah. And to see the the Vision Ultron, where it looks like he has the Infinity Stones on his chest. I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping for that one to be really good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Keeping my yeah. fingers crossed. So yeah, yeah. It, it, and I'm still laughing that we had the one episode with all the Avengers die. So that was a funny <laughs> one. And it's it's like hashtag blame Hank Pym. Um, yes, and more <laughs> yeah. Captain Carter. Um, but Tone Law, how Hell did you yeah. feel about seeing Mama Panther on the field? It was awesome to see because like it was one of those things. It took place, you know, 10 years before, um, if not longer before we actually got to see her. Um, so you know, different circumstances of like seeing this character where originally you're just seeing a mom, you're just seeing a queen who lost her, her husband and, and what have you. But it's almost like that, you know, that motherly instinct of like, I'm going to fight for my son. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think that was awesome. Um, like seeing her and like her general, like, Oh, just chills. It was so dope. All of, all of the fight scenes in Wakanda, like, the entire door Milaje just kicking ass and everyone taking names. It was incredible. I had such a good time watching that fight. And then to Pete's point, like I, I got that emotional weight, like, but I like didn't sit with it. And I sat with it now, like after you mentioned, it, I was like, Oh man, there's so, yeah. there's so much with, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're right. Like they, they might not have known, but uh, I wish her like Chadwick knew, so he like poured himself into all this. It was like, yeah, I'll do as many, you know, T'Challa, you know, Black Panther roles as you want me to do. Like, go for it. You know? Yeah. So that was pretty dope. Yeah. 
I told you want to give your hot take on that one or no no I mean I kind I'm 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 kind of jiving with everyone's saying I mean there oh, isn't yeah. there isn't much else because, to add aside from like it is an emotional impact and I'm just happy we got we got these moments of 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 Chadwick you know like to Pete's point I I also yeah. thought we were just getting Star Lord T'Challa which is great that's more T'Challa for everybody right, but just to right. see him in like full Wakandan accent Black Panther even if his yeah. dialogue wasn't that was cut short because he was killed it's still it was still nice to have it and hopefully you know and i'm excited to see what he does with star lord t'challa in the, in the last bit of the season yeah well i got a, I, I got a question for everybody though because we've all seen black Panther. first of all um for those joining us this is matt and pete they put together the comic uh anthology called the bardic verse they are fully funded but go to the link to the kickstarter link after this episode to give them more money to get your hands on the bardic verse because it is a dope book um go back and rewatch this episode or wait for the plug at the end because they're going to go right back over their book and everything because again um we're having fun with these guys we've talked about the bardic verse and everything um and we're thanking them to come on the show but i do have a question for you guys because um we know in the movie that um black panther's father Chica um I'm gonna butcher the name. Chachaka. I'm I'm known for butchering names. Hashtag um Sebastian butchers everything. And yes, Iron Man keeps dying. Yo, <laughs> that was Larry Told's first thing. He was like, Yo, I've never but, had to um... say it died <laughs> so many times. I know but, it, has, um... it holds no weight anymore, man. <laughs> it doesn't. But let me ask you guys this: Is that so? We know that Chachaka killed his brother, and in this, like, we know now that um. Killmonger is getting in there with um, everyone over there in Wakanda. Do you think that if we got like a second episode or continuation of the story, would Killmonger try to take out the king of Wakanda for revenge for his for his father? Um, I want to see who sure. wants to take that hot take. I'll take it. Yes. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, hundred percent. And like it would be, it would be for both revenge for his father. And to kick off Wakandans uh, attacking imperialists, yeah, to to do that whole to do his whole other bit of freeing his brothers and sisters throughout the world, like it would it would it would do it to who would set it up where T'Chaka is killed by, I mean, with the U.S. government because that's kind of what we're doing now. They're right. in the brink of war, and then that's how you start the war between the between the Wakandans who will just kick ass because they have much better technology. Um, and and America and probably potentially some other parts of the world. Now I think it may fall through because you've got Shuri and Shuri's smart as hell, mm -hmm. and she's got Stark, you know, Stark Industries behind her. So I, I think it'll be it, it would be something to see. But that would definitely be revenge and also moving his plan because his his thing is to move that plan forward. All right. Um, now I could I could I could see I'll play ahead, I'll play devil's advocate here. Somebody, go for it. Go for it. To, I, first off, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> right. I, I, I totally agree. But I but I think I think there could be an awesome spin on that. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. where he has the plan. It's been go this has been a plan for years for him. He he killed Tony Stark and put you know the US at war with, with uh with Wakanda and all this crazy stuff. And then just before he decides that he's not going to you know, he that he's gonna kill T'Chaka, he has a change of heart. Because over this time, this guy has become something of a father to him as he's been in this Black Panther-like role. And, like, you could kind of tell the story there. And then, mm -hmm. you know, T'Chaka ends up dying because of some outside influence. You know, whether it's a stray bullet from an American soldier or 
a robot from the U.S. Army uh, takes him out, and then he ends up losing a father a second time. And I think that could be a, a very powerful twist on it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure that won't go that route. I, I like That's that. A good twist. route, though. That's a good. I like. Route. It. I'm here. I'm here for it. It's a good route for Killmonger. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I still think he's he's going to try to take on. He's, <laughs> he's too yeah. full of bloodlust. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's at that point where you know he's he's manipulated his way that far that he's like in the thick of it. He's gotten. He's now the new Black Panther. And even even going to the other side and seeing uh, T'Challa, he's like, "Yo, is it worth it, cousin? Like, was it worth?" Like, he's like, "No matter what, either on this life, in this plane, or the next." Like you're gonna get your just desserts, you know what I mean? And yeah. he's like, "Yeah, it's fine. Like I don't fucking care." And yeah. like, I don't think that he's gonna let his bloodlust go. I don't think he's going to um, just be like, "I made it. Now I'm done." Yeah, it's it goes so much further than that. Like, and also I think yeah. he's uh, as smart as you are. That line between genius and insanity is a very thin one, and I think that. Like as smart and as brilliant as he is, he'll if he wanted to, he would probably keep going to where he'll kill T'Chaka, he'll you know overthrow the entire government, get like a bunch of people on his side, get rid of uh, his aunt, get rid of Shuri, try to get rid of as many people as he can, so he, he could just have absolute control. No one can stand in his way, right? Yeah, yeah. And man, then you know, man, I want your hot take on it. Like, what, what, what so, do you think would happen? I mean, I agree. I agree that he, he's he's just rage, right? Like, he's raging. Like, he's 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 cold blooded. He doesn't like the only thing he cares about is himself. Um, but I do. So while I agree, I do have a question for you guys. Who, Give it to us. <laughs> who or what? So we're getting Black Panther two. This is not this is not a secret. Everybody knows. Like who steps in to fill that role? That's a tough role to fill. Um, Apparently, as of what we heard, it was Shuri. That was what we everyone thought through. Now I don't know what's going on with Letitia See, Wright I, and everything that's yeah, happening. I but I, you know, before all of that, I was under the impression it was going to be Shuri because she's done it before. Yeah. See, I, I, I mean, that makes sense to me. But I feel like, again, like you said, like that's a hard role to fill. Um. Yeah, yeah I don't know, like. I would love to see that they bring, like, could they, I guess my question is, like, could they, because first of all, as you guys know, unless you see a body, no one's dead, right? So is Killmonger really dead? Can they bring him back? They said they've been, is he, is he redeemable? They said they've been wanting to bring him back because Michael B. Jordan did such a great job um, with the character. Because, like, again, he's the, like, 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 you guys said it, he's the villain that a lot of people loved in the MCU. He And it's just, he just had a passionate story. It was just, it was like, you know, and it wasn't a story of, like, your, your cartoon-cutting villain. He was just someone who just had a crappy upbringing and... It was like, yeah, my dad was killed. I was left here by my people. So you understood the rage that he went through. He's like, yeah, y'all left me dear while you guys are over here um, enjoying the fruits of labor and all that of the culture, and you're not bringing us. And I and I wanted to pose this question to you guys too. Like, just seeing him talk, uh, Killmonger in this episode to um, to Chaka. 
asking him like you know was it worth it i feel like if we can get like a moment like that where it's like he comes to a realization like you know what maybe i have to scale this back and do it in a more positive way where to honor the fallen black panther's memory and be that hero that he can't be here to be and be that symbol i would love to see that like it's a coming like we actually got that with loki if you guys have seen that, it's kind of like Loki's character has been played so many ways that's full circle where he wasn't really the trickster anymore. He's like, yo, I gotta, and he's not one of the other villains that a lot of people love in the MCU. And I feel like we can kind of do that with the Killmonger character. But I, but I also, I also think yeah. that Loki as a character and Killmonger as a character, even Thanos to that, to that degree, all are villains for completely different reasons. Yeah. Like Dana, Thanos, a lot of people love Thanos, Thanos too. Thanos doesn't consider himself a villain. He thinks right. of himself as a necessary, like as a savior. A, a savior. Which Whereas you saw Loki is a victim of like uh just needing love and attention. Like you all the stuff that we got from the Loki series, where it's like he was just trying to outgrow, you know, the shadows that were cast on him, essentially. Um was he trying to be really extreme and very, you know, elaborate with it? Yes, he's a trickster god. Like, you know, it is what it is. But with Eric, you're getting a lot of, like, he's a villain for all the all the right reasons. But essentially, like, you're not you're. Not, what's the best way to put it? Like, you're you're not gonna get a uh, redemption arc from him. I think in the way that we want yeah because it's too he is too on the other side of that 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 spectrum like most villains you can see like in the right light they can they can almost have like that hero quality i don't think he has that i honestly don't think he has it i i think think to your to your point law i think he doesn't have it at this point I think right. you know what to 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 pete's devil's advocate scenario the fact that t'chaka is there makes that potentially happen he has someone there someone who's family someone that can kind of Agreed. guide him Same. even if he had even if he had t'challa if t'challa was if if chadwick was still alive and they wanted to bring chat if they wanted to bring killmonger back either because he wasn't killed or through the fugazi of the multiverse we want to bring we want to bring him back that's then that's like a brother he doesn't he doesn't have that i don't yeah. see him having that relationship with shuri or his aunt i don't um just just the way they they play those characters up so i i think it would be I think it would be a disservice to what Killmonger was, mm-hmm. to who he, what he brought to the MCU. Logically, it, it's I, I would have to say it's going to be Shuri. If I want to throw a wild card, just to just to throw a, throw another meatball into this pot, Umbaku, I would be that would be maybe another one. Just yeah. because, like, not even a joke, wow. like like because yeah, yeah. he 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 grew as a character. Right, he grew, he grew a lot from a character he than grew what we got lot. in the comics, actually. I I mean, uh, yeah, of course, but he grew from what we saw in the beginning of Black Panther One to the end of Black Panther into Endgame. Him and T'Challa seeing eye to eye as brothers in arms, brothers of Wakanda. So it would make sense if we wanted to go, if we like, those are the only two people I can see them doing it. Yeah. And with the potential of Namor showing up and us getting Atlantis, we need a Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, these are all good hot takes. I mean, I want to get people, I want to get people, yeah, we know Doc. Um, so we're at that hour, so I want you guys now again because for those who are joining us, those who are listening, this is Pete and Matt. They put together an awesome comic called The Bardic Verses. Um, if you love great art, like for the going from Kirby to Rob Leffield, so just a love for comics, 
Pete really put his hands on that. If you love great writing, storytelling, all that, Matt put some love to it. These two got together. If you love D&D or you just love great stories, these guys put together a great story for you guys. The link for supporting the Kickstarter is there in the description. But this is the plug. I want you guys to plug away not just only the Bardicverse, but all projects that you guys got coming up and everything. Let them know who you guys are. Go Where ahead. Can take find you. I'm going to drop us all into the background so you guys can have the center. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, the, as we mentioned before, the Bardic Versus is um, a story about a bard trying to overcome the shadow of, of a long line of, of warrior. Um, his father was a warrior. His grandfather was a warrior, etc. Um, he's trying to deal with with that, just being a, a musician storyteller. Um, this story is is the adventures that he's gone on, and and again trying to to outrun that that long legacy. Uh, for me, as far as where you could find me, uh, you could find me anywhere on the socials: MySpace, Friendster, uh, Match.com, uh, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my handle is at MattManBegins, so it's my first name Matt instead of Bat. And uh, yeah, that's it, Pete. What do you got? Um, you know, I think this book has been. Um has been an awesome experience uh you know making making art under the homage of different 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 artists different types of stories uh there's something in the background on every panel every 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 scene tells its own story you know the writing the art and even matt crotzer's magical fonts uh all come together in what i call a fantastic delicious cake speaking of cake it's this guy's birthday day so happy birthday and thank you, thank you. Uh, and you can find me on facebook instagram and twitter maybe some other ones that i don't recall but i think those are the three that matter uh, uh as pack pac illustration there it is. Thanks. Thanks for that. There we go. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was the plug. Listen, again, we, we, you guys are always more than welcome. Come back, party with us, talk fun stuff and everything. Again, we'll I do. congratulate you guys on the Kickstarter and all that, guys. Thanks. Again, if no one has put their money, has opened up, where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? Where is my wallet? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, again, support the Kickstarter. Give these guys the love that they deserve. Again, there's um, 19 days left to back it. Um, help them get more stretch goals out there. The more the merrier. Again, great book. You want to add it to your comic collection. So this has been another great episode of Nerds it Around. This has been your boy, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Anybody tone from across the hall. Now, Not we're going to hit you here. with that beautiful outro music. Let, 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 let's go.